You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now, the podcast that helps new managers like you navigate the challenges of leadership. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and in today's episode, if you listened to the last episode, we talked about the pros and cons of hiring freelancers. Today, we're diving into the world and just kind of talking about why you should still have a freelancer complete some paperwork and you should get some contracts created and what you should include in them. So whether you are new to hiring freelancers or not, um, maybe you have brought freelancers on and you're like, ooh, I didn't do this and I wish I would have, or like, ooh, I have some and I haven't done this. Maybe I should listen in. This, this episode's for you. Early on in my show, one of the first few people that I actually spoke with, my friend Jess Glazer, shout out Jess, she shared how a lesson that she learned or, or that she wished she would have done something she learned after having her business was a, for a while was to was the importance of having contracts for freelancers um and the reason why this is so important is because there's nothing worse than you having somebody doing work for you and then all of a sudden you're like ooh they're not really doing a good job what like how do i end this or what do i do or is this in the scope of what we talked about, right? You just, you start to have these questions and you don't really know how to handle them because you didn't really establish things up front. And so that's why it's so critical to get contracts in place for even independent contractors and freelancers. They play, if you think about it, contracts play a vital role in any business relationship with anything, right? You, you have contracts for software that you purchase with other vendors, you know, you have them for everything. And it's super important when working with freelancers. It provides clarity, protects both parties and helps ensure a smooth working arrangement. You know what it, it basically establishes what the terms and conditions are, basically the scope of the work, the deliverables, the timelines, the payment details. And it helps clarify a lot of those questions so that you can go back to the contract if there's ever a question, right? And you know what to expect and so does the freelancer. And so a lot of times the freelancer might have their own agreement that they use. If they don't, you can have one for your business. Um, you know, it's, it's entirely up to you um, how you want to do it. I do a lot of freelance work for clients and I have my own kind of my own service agreement that I send to people. And then a lot of times I realize that the clients I'm doing work for, they don't have one. So then I create an independent contractor agreement for them as well. So it's just super important that you have this and you outline those things. It ensures that you and the contractor are on the same page and it reduces the chances of misunderstandings or disputes later on. They also help protect your intellectual property, right? Um, as well as anything that you're creating in your business. If you're working on a project that involves sensitive information, proprietary processes, proprietary software, creative work, 
you know, anything like that, a, a well-draft contract can help save your company's assets and, you know, provide unauthorized use or, or disclosure of these things. And then it also outlines the responsibilities and the liabilities for both parties. And this can become important when it comes to insurance coverage and risk management. I don't know if, you, if you're listening to the show, if you really have to worry about that so much, but it is just something to keep in mind. Like I have my own insurance um, that helps safeguard me against any omissions and errors and stuff like that. So the clients, you know, typically will ask if I have that and, and I have that just because. Um, and you just want to make sure that any contractor you work with has the right insurance in place um, so that and that they assume responsibility for any damages or injuries that might occur when they're doing the work. So super important to have them in place. So let's discuss what typical aspects you should have in a contractor agreement. Again, I am not a lawyer, so I am just sharing some of the stuff that I have gotten from lawyers. So do not take anything in this episode as legal advice. Make sure that you talk to an employment attorney before you start using it. But I have done these enough where I do feel like I can at least share a little bit about what is standard and what usually is included in these things. So that is my little disclaimer about that. But I have been using contractor agreements both for me personally and in my, you know, as I was in house as well for a very long time. So the first thing you're going to want to do is clearly define the scope of work. So this includes a detailed description of the tasks that you want them to do the expected outcomes, and any specific requirements or milestones. And the more specific you can be, the better. What I don't suggest you do is copy and paste a job description into this section. What you want to do is clearly like articulate the project that they are supposed to win or complete by when it should be completed, the deliverables that they should create, right? Like what are the different milestones of the project, if for some reason it's like provide 10 hours of customer service support or whatever, you could like say what you could describe that. And then you could also describe what they, you know, specific things that they're responsible for, like cleaning out inbox, responding, I don't know, whatever it is that you want them to do. And the more specific you can be, the better. Then you want to establish the, establish the timelines and the deadlines. So outline the start and end dates of the project, as well as any intermediate milestones or deliverables. We've already talked about that. But by clearly communicating your deadlines, it helps manage expectations and ensures that the work is being, you know, it's progressing as planned. If it's something where, you know, you want somebody to provide a certain amount of hours of support for an indefinite period of time, I recommend scoping out a 90-day increment, like, hey, let's revisit this in 90 days, and then you can create a new contract, right? But don't just make it indefinitely forever. I would create a start and an end time so that you can revisit it and then decide, like, do we need to add stuff to this? Do we not? And then you can create a new one. The next part that you want to include is payment terms. Are there any critical aspect to, or is another critical aspect to include in the contract? So specify the rate or the fee for their services, how and when they'll be paid, whether it's hourly, per project, or in installments, and any penalties or incentives tied to meeting, meeting certain objectives. That's usually not involved, to be honest, the penalties or incentives, but definitely specifying the rate or the fee for the contract. 
their services and how and when they will be paid. It's also important to include like a confidentiality or intellectual property clause. It basically outlines what information the contractor is privy to and prohibited that and prohibits them from disclosing or using that information for any other purposes. It's essential to protect your company's trade secrets, client lists, and other sensitive info. A lot of times there's like a mutual non-disclosure paragraph in there. So like you both will not disclose any confidential information about each other. Liability and indemnification provisions are also also usually included, but I'm not going to describe what those are just because I am not a a legal expert. So I'm not going to be the best at describing what that is, but definitely look into that. And then you may also want to include a termination clause. So while you hope that it's successful, you know, and that you, you, things work out well, sometimes things don't go as planned. So a termination clause establishes the conditions under which either one of you can end the contract, protecting both of you if circumstances change, right? Is there a 30 day notice? Is there not, you know, those types of things. And those are just some of the the core aspects um, of the things that are needed in a contractor agreement. There might be a lot more stuff that's included based on the scope of the work that you're doing, but it really can just be as simple as that. Listing out what exactly you need to be done, the by like by when and the deadlines for them, the rates, payment terms, how they're going to be paid, how their how their services are, are billed. You want to also have a termination clause. And then some sort of confidentiality um, clause in there as well. And then you want to sign it, and so does the freelancer. And then, like I said, I highly recommend you establish a start and an end date, like 90 days or or 30 days, whatever you think is appropriate. And you're going to revisit that, and then you can you can set up another 90 day contract, or maybe you do six months once you've known that 90 days works out. But you definitely want to have a start and end date so it's, there's a time in which you revisit it and decide if it's a good fit. So those are the things that you want to include. Like I said, I am not a lawyer. I have done these enough to know the, the, the things that I always look for and that what I've, been, what I've been coached to look for. But make sure that you do reach out to an employment attorney um, to review any contracts that you create before you start sending them out. Don't forget. You can have people sign contracts, even if they're a freelancer or contractor, even if they're your friend, have them do this. It will be so beneficial in your business. Countless entrepreneurs tell me that they wish they would have started doing this early on. So even, or I should also say something else that um, Jess said on our episode was there was an exchange of services. So when she first started um, bringing contractors on, she couldn't pay them in cash, but she gave them like free coaching or free training. You can also include that in the payment terms. So getting it clearly defined is going to help everybody be on the same page. Thanks for tuning in. And hopefully this overview helped you out and made you feel more confident in asking for contracts with anyone that you bring into your business. you're not driving, stop and take a moment to share this episode with someone who you thought about while listening. Share it with your team to show them you're committed to their growth. Share it with a fellow business owner in your network who you know will be moved by the message. Heck, share it with your mother, your brother, your sister, or your cousin. Your support in growing the show means the world to me.